mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, hi. Welcome to another week in the life of TV's Catherine Ryan slash lockdowns Catherine Ryan slash podcasts uh, newborn and long COVID's Catherine Ryan. I guess just me, the real one. Thank you for joining me again on Telling Everybody Everything. Thank you if you've been coming to see me with my brand new show, Misses, on tour. I think we're coming up um, Dublin, Pool, Brighton, Bristol, Coventry soon. Don't quote me on that. Lincoln? Exeter? I don't know. I will have already given this advice in my new book, The Audacity. So many plugs today. The Audacity is available anywhere. Amazon, any bookseller near you. Signed copies at Waterstones. Um, you can get it anywhere. You can get the audiobook. A lot of people love that because there's an extra bit from my mom in the end. But I do explain how I stay chill. I stay calm. And one of my secrets is I never look more than a week in advance. I'm not like, okay, what do I have until the end of 2021? Not that there's much left of that, by the way, but no, I only know what's going on basically today and tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm taking a helicopter to the Isle of Wight to film something very special. I was originally supposed to drive and get on the train or the ferry. Yeah, the ferry. Catherine, wake up at five, drive to Portsmouth, link up with your makeup artist Fiona, still single, by the way. Um, and whose fault is that? It's not hers. It's not mine. It's yours. Because the people putting themselves forward to date Fiona, I mean, my heart goes out to anyone single who's looking because just not suitable candidates. I'm sorry. Not suitable. Meet up with Fiona and Portsmouth. Take the ferry. Get to the Isle of Wight. Film. That was going to be an 18-hour day. An 18-hour day for a new breastfeeding mom. Now, do not misunderstand me. I am very eternally always grateful for the opportunity. It's an incredible project and I'm so excited to go. But if I can shave down travel minutes or anything on my 18 hour day, I'm going to because it's just not that sustainable for me right now. If I had to do it, yes, I could. We were doing 16 hour days on the Amazon Backstage with Catherine Ryan show. But I found a way to travel to the Isle of Wight in 35 minutes from my door. That's right. And it's a helicopter. I don't feel incredibly positive and safe about it, only because I've only been in a helicopter a handful of other times, and you can feel every movement. It's not smooth like a plane. It's a bit scary. But I just figure this is a really reputable company who's taking me. Um, yes, I'm losing money on the project tomorrow. The helicopter costs way more than I'm earning for the day. But that's okay. It's a labor of love. It's a passion of mine, comedy. And this is a project that I am happy to pay to do if it means that I can be home with Fred for longer in the day and that I don't have to just have a fucking large ice backpack full of breast milk. And it is my choice. I could be a stay-at-home mom for a while. I could take some maternity leave, but I don't want to. So helicopter it is. Fiona's coming to my house, 9 a.m. We're out the door, boom, on a helicopter, 9.05, in the air, touching back down. It's so easy. So, I mean, thank you, science. Thank you, helicopter world. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm slash, like, a little bit scared. I'm currently looking at the baby monitor. Fred is asleep in the next room, and he's moving a little bit. He has kicked one leg. See, new moms, new dads, new parents, new non-binary parents. I swaddle him. Fred is four and a half months old, and the swaddle, you know, a tight swaddle. If you have a newborn and you don't know how to swaddle, you best learn because it really helps them feel secure and safe. And when you think about how tight they were in the uterus, just all like jumbled up in there, that's how they still feel happy sleeping today. But four and a half months, I think he's outgrowing the swaddle because sometimes you can see him trying to escape like a little Houdini and he fusses a bit 
and lately he does not want to sleep. I know babies are supposed to sleep quite a lot, and he's so huge, so his body's growing, his brain's growing, he's like in 9 to 12 month clothing even though he's 4 months, but he's not sleeping. He had a 20 minute nap this morning, then he actually did have a long nap in the pram this afternoon. Um, but that kind of sleep, I don't know how quality that sleep is. Cause of course you're out and about, they can hear lots of noises. We popped into some different bookstores and I illegally took my Sharpie and signed a bunch of my own books, signed load of everyone else's books, signed the Bible. No, I only signed my book and Fred slept for a good chunk. But I mean, what he's taken to do now is yelling. He just yells at us all day. Not always angry either. Just like, ah, ah, sometimes angry kind of giving us instructions, um, but sometimes just to listen to his own voice. Please reach out if you think that that is abnormal. Let me know. Are your four-month-olds yelling? Email me at tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. He's just, he's not really moving around a lot. He lays on his back like a beetle. We do tummy time. We roll him around. But his main interest is being in the carrier, facing front, pottering around the kitchen, going on walks with me, doing whatever I'm doing, being basically strapped to my body and yelling. Uh, He yells less in the carrier, but he still yells. And that's Fred. And we ruined every Wednesday at the nail shop yesterday. I mean, every Wednesday. Violet and I took Fred to our local Barnet nail salon. Shout out Glamorous Nails. They always do my nails. I love them so much. Super nice. And um, there were some young women in there, exclusively young women, though sometimes there are different genders in the nail shop. But this was half term. It was a Tuesday, so it was full of young women, and they were just trying to get their nails done. These are the women who were in there a long time, too, because they're getting those long acrylics with the art and the decal, and they're getting pedicures. And Fred was in there, and he just yelled, not, not like having a tantrum, not screaming and crying necessarily, but just yelling for attention all the time. Between Violet and myself, I really thought we could look after him, but I mean, it wasn't enough attention for him. He was right on my knee during my pedicure. I was singing to him, talking to him, everything. David, who owns the salon with his beautiful wife, he was like, fuck you, everyone else in this place. I'm turning on nursery rhymes. And so he put a stop to the Rihanna that the young women were enjoying. And he turned on like, here we go, Ludi Lou. Here we go, Ludi lie. And girls, if you didn't like that little shift by the DJ, I'll tell you what you need to do is tip more. I tip between like 40 and 80 and 100% when I go there. And that's why when I walk in with a baby, the wheels on the bus go round and round, bitch. I felt badly about it, though. I was like, we could train him to like Rihanna. But um, what I've learned about Fred is we can't train him for shit. He trains us. Um, So he screamed at people, screamed at me, and then... I took him out for a while and he fell asleep. But as soon as I re-entered the nail salon, he was back awake. I mean, babies don't do that for him. I see babies. They're sleeping in public. It's not like I was this negligent mom who was on my phone just letting him cry. I was doing everything. I'm a professional entertainer. I was trying to entertain him like I always do, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, he just wasn't having it. He was like, I do not want to be in this nail salon. And then because he was tired, he launched into a full meltdown. And I had him in the front carrier at this point, squatting with my hands out so that the lovely lady could finish doing my nails. And you might be saying, Catherine, why did you bring him to a nail salon? Well, because, Linda, I don't have a babysitter and my nails are part of my work. If I'm filming tomorrow, it's not my fault. One of the things you have to do, I think, to be respectful and presentable on television is get a fucking manicure. So it's part of my job. I build it into my schedule. I don't necessarily want to be there with a baby and Violet, but that's how we had to spend the day. So I'm squatting, hands out, jumping around, like dancing, swaying a little bit, trying to keep my wrists and hands still so she can finish. And this woman, I mean, they all probably hate me, but they're really nice to me. And uh, all the girls were like, please leave, bitch, so we can listen to our R&B once more. But I just took it as a, you know, an opportunity for a teaching moment. And I said, girls... This half-term birth control announcement is brought to you by Fred. Uh, This is what it looks like to have a baby. This is the reality. You see them on social media. Maybe you've watched MTV's Teen Mom. You you follow Rochelle Humes on Instagram, and she's killing it. She's got three kids. Looks like she has an incredible life. Sometimes they choose violence in the nail salon, and no matter how much effort you're putting into settling them, they just want to yell. 
I had a diaper bag full of enjoyment. I had teething rings. I had Sophie the giraffe. I had a rain stick. I had loads of breast milk pumped and ready in the bottle. I had dummies. I had everything. No, he was not dirty. Um, like, he just, he, Fred lives Fred's life on Fred's terms is what I've learned. And we've put him through a lot with touring lately, but I mean, hates the nail salon, hates it. Um, and we sing him this song. We, whenever we go home, and I think this is a really good thing to do with babies. I did it with Violet is I have a song for when we go outside so that he starts to learn, oh, this is what's happening next. I'm going outside. I have a song for bedtime. I have a song for when we're wrapping up an activity and going home or like any transition. And this worked with Violet a treat. The more you can communicate with them, the more you build these bridges in their brains, they remember. So our home song is home, home, time to go home. We were just stopping to say hello. We've had fun. Now it's done. Let's go home. But after yesterday, we started singing the home song when he really lost it and Violet changed the words, I think, forevermore. And now the song is home, home, time to go home. We were just stopping to say fuck you. We ruined everyone's fun. Now that's done. Let's go home and yes I let my 12 year old daughter use the words fuck you um I just it really tickled me because we were walking to the car with Fred and he's like and I just I loved hearing that song we had a fun visitor on Monday night none other than television and films Ashling B if you don't know Ashling B she I mean how could you know me and not her she's a comedian based here in the UK she's originally from Ireland she's an actress she created This Way Up that you can watch on Channel 4 in its entirety and she is starring in the new Home Alone film coming out on Disney it's a remake of Home Alone I think the plot line is very different Rob Delaney's in that too and the little British boy with the glasses from Jojo Rabbit. Are you still following me on this? He's cute. He's adorable. Um, he gets left home alone. And he should. He is a Nazi, from what I remember in the film. Um, yeah, so Ashlyn came around. And it's great to have a visit from her. Not a lot of people have met Fred. What with our work schedules and the pandemic. And he, uh, he chose to scream on that day too. Why? Because my attention was not completely focused on him. I had a guest and I was chatting to Ashling, and he was like, what the fuck? Turn to me and sing uh, Teddy Bear's Picnic. So he started to scream. We decided to take him for a walk. We get caught in the rain. Ashling and I share a penchant for tracksuits. We're very glamorous in our professional lives, but in real life, I would describe my aesthetic as elderly rapper. And Ashling self-describes as like a traveler aesthetic. Um, she also had bandages on one of her arms from repetitive, you know, what's it called? She's been typing out a new film or a new series or something. And one of her hands has like a carpal tunnel syndrome or something. We both had baseball caps on. I mean, there was dirt on both of us. Mine, probably baby puke. Hers, probably some vegan bolognese. And we had, um, Ashling brought a glass from home for this walk because we thought we'll just settle for out a little bit have a little walk around the block come back and yes I have been papped in my neighborhood before but I took the chance looking the way we looked I thought no one's even going to recognize this it's going to be fine uh we need to get Fred outside there's not a lot of time for prep you know when a baby loses it get your shoes on we're going outside grab your gin and tonic Ashley we're going outside so she's just got this glass and it started to rain and Fred's upset and now we're getting rained on and we should bring umbrellas like I've been in this country long enough to know that it's going to rain, but we didn't have any umbrellas. So we sought refuge in the local pub and that pub's so nice. They know us. We're there all the time. But I mean, this, this look was really taking the piss because people, they make an effort when they go to the pub, especially just a a nice upscale country pub. They don't blast in with a crying baby looking the way Ashling and I looked with a glass of our own from home. So Ashling's like, oh, sorry, sorry, dear, about this glass. Like, Why is my Irish accent getting worse and worse? I'm really sorry we got a, we got a glass from home. No, nope, it's not working. Uh, I'll just sit here and, you know, deal with this baby. I sat next to a lovely couple probably on a date. Fred's crying. I was like, look, this isn't going to go on for long. I promise I can settle him. So I give him the little sway in the song that he likes. I have sung now more times in public than fucking John Barrowman. Uh, weird reference, Catherine. He's at the tip of my tongue lately. And um, I put Fred in his pram. He falls asleep. Great. Ashley and I can actually have a drink and chat in peace. We're right by the fireplace. It looks good. So we order around. Nope. 
Fred, I forgot, doesn't sleep. So he's up 10 minutes later like, oh, hey, what's up? We're at the pub now. But he was relaxed because he had had a little kip. And I didn't want him to lose it again. So I said, don't worry, Ashling. I always travel with a mango. And this is true about me. I keep um, a frozen banana or an apple or a mango under the pram whenever I go out. Just by force of habit, I grabbed it because Fred is teething. He's a little bit too young to be weaned, but I do let him gnaw on a variety of cold fruits because it helps his gums. So I produced this mango from under the buggy. And I don't know why it tickled us so much, but we just started laughing and laughing like, I'll never leave home without a mango, a fresh mango. This baby... This baby is too good for the rest of this uh, baby food. He only has breast milk or a fresh mango. And then we asked for a knife at the bar. They've, they, br- they bring us a knife. And they got to be thinking at this point, what the hell's going on? Like, wh- they've just made themselves at home. They have a baby. They've asked for a knife. They have their own glass. We didn't know if Fred was just going to melt down again. So Ashling has now poured her pub drink into her glass from home. So, I mean, it's just a mess. And I can't believe they gave me a knife. But they did. I'm cutting up the mango. I'm just holding it. I I guess you had to be there. I'm holding this mango in front of my son's face. And he's on top of it, just like slurping away at what is totally not a convenient public fruit. And I think this is where we just fell apart because Ashley's like, ah, you can't bring him an apple. Something like neat and tidy that he can suck on and chew on in the bar. No, it's got to be like the juiciest Caribbean fruit. (laughs) I'll never leave home without a mango. This baby, he eats mango. Uh, Mango or milk? I don't know. I don't know why it was so funny, but I was dying laughing. So now we're gossiping. We're like crying laughing. We've got mismatched socks tracksuits baseball caps we're filthy we got a knife we got this baby like sliming up a mango in my arms there's mango juice absolutely everywhere on me on my arm like dripping onto the floor if I didn't tip so well I would absolutely classify myself as a damn disgrace and the rain hadn't stopped so we just thought I don't know what to do like we're just never getting out of here and this mango's not gonna last forever so I rang my gorgeous husband Bobby Kay and Violet's like um, oh yeah I'll, I'll get Bobby in the car and we'll come and get you Violet answered the phone and Ashley's like well hang on they're coming to get us from where I said from home and Ashley's like from you live directly across from the pub Bobby and Violet need to get in the car and come across the road because you know how Ashling's very, you know, climate conscious and sustainable, a total nerd. Ashling's like, can't we just run home with the baby? No, 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 no. We need the car. So uh, Bobby and Violet come into the pub and they just, they see this scene, this absolute just disrespect for the rest of humanity of like mango juice pajama women with drinks in their own glasses. And I mean, look, I'm sorry to the pub. I'm really sorry. I I need to learn to present myself better. But it was so funny to me for some reason. I mean, I know why it was funny. I'd had a glass of red wine. But I mean, this baby, he loves the milk and the mango. I loved it. I had a great night with Ashling. So check out her movie if you have not. Well, you haven't seen it. It's not out yet. It's coming out, I think, at the end of November or beginning of December for Christmas. It's the new Home Alone. Um, no, the old Home Alone, yes, it's perfect, but this one is totally different. I think there's a different plot, and it's very English, so hopefully you like it. Um, this week, I have had a break from my tour because it's half term, but I was able to do one incredible gig. It was a very upscale birthday party for a private client. Now, when I was asked to do this birthday party, I'll be very honest, I didn't want to. Not because I wasn't honored, not because I don't love doing stand-up, but because ah, there's something very high pressure in going to someone's gorgeous home and performing a comedy gig for them and for their friends. It's like, I don't want to ruin their night. If I do badly on tour, that upsets me as well because I don't want to ruin anyone's night. I always want to do the best. I mean, I've been ruining loads of days and nights with my baby Fred all week, so at least he would be home for this. But I said yes, because Jim uh, Jeffries has, ooh, I nearly said Jim Carrey. And you know what? I don't like Jim Carrey anymore. I'm going to say that. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. And you can fill in the blanks, but I just, I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way all of a sudden. I don't, I don't like his vibe. I don't like his energy. I used to think, oh, he's eccentric. And now I think, hang on. I watched this documentary he was in and I was just like, I don't know how I feel about you method acting like in the makeup chair 
before you actually start to film like upsetting sort of everyone else because they have to deal with like your process of what kind of an actor you are. I don't uh, I don't know don't don't ask me why I don't really know why I feel the way I feel but I got a bad vibe all of a sudden don't like him. um Jim Jeffries though I do like and uh he's made fun of female comedians before in his material but I feel that he does it in a way that I understand I feel like we're very in on the joke I feel like Jim has always presented himself to me anyway as a really nice guy and a feminist very supportive of my comedy and other women so I like Jim Jeffries a lot. He has a bit about being asked to do a birthday party and they offered him some crazy money, like 10 grand, 15 grand, and he said no. And then they came back. I'm not going to do the bit at you, but you can look it up if you want. They come back and they go, okay, 20 grand. And he goes, no, I mean, I care about my art and this is not something that I'm going to do. And then they come back and they're like 60 grand and he goes, yes. Then he ends up doing this posh birthday party for 60 grand. And I was thinking of that material in the back of my head. And so I didn't want to do this birthday party. I felt like I wasn't going to be good enough that I might not be able to give them the best time in a private setting. Uh, But I just said yes right away at their first offer because I didn't, you know, I didn't want their offer to go up and me end up saying yes in the way that Jim Jeffries said yes. Does that logic make sense? Probably not. But I said yes. And then I looked into the birthday party. The woman is like the most gorgeous, cool, um, very accomplished career woman, very well-traveled, like amazing. Don't even know why she likes me. So then I'm thinking, maybe this is a prank. And then I look at who her husband is and I see how rich they are and I go, oh no, this isn't a prank. I'm going to be killed by these people. This is like, um, get out, but for white women. Uh, I was really scared but also excited, but also very nervous. And I tried to look into the the birthday girl and the couple as much as I could, but I couldn't find too much online. And then I was thinking, well, God, do they want this to be like a roast? Do they want me to do my act? Because I'm on tour right now with like a brand new show. Do they want bits of that show, but in their private setting at this birthday party? I didn't really know what to do. So I took a little column A and a little column B. It started off all right. I looked stunning dressed for the part because when I got there oh my gosh everyone else was was like a fashion show everybody else looked even more stunning so glad that I dressed up um I started by talking about the birthday girl complimenting her and talking a little bit about the couple what I could find my favorite thing that I found is that they're in the same age bracket and you do not see that a lot with a wildly rich man and you should see that because this is why I liked him. I thought, all right, he has chosen a best friend. He's chosen an equal. He's chosen a life partner that he will not get sick of because there are other men in the room. And I'm sure they had wives and girlfriends who were 30 years younger. And geez, I mean, there's this girl that I know from home who uh, she was always hot and she's still super hot. But she and I have started following each other on social media recently. And I look at her and her hot, hot, hot little body. And I think, yeah, but... Ugh, you have to have something more about you or you're just annoying. Not to say that hot girls don't have more about them. Hot girls do. But oftentimes when a very much older man is with someone from a different generation, that's going to bore him to death. And how do I know? I know that because I'm friends with rich and famous men and they do bring much younger girlfriends to the party. And I always see them and I think, fuck, please don't sit that fetus next to me. And they always do. They go, Catherine, watch this formula. I talk to my friends. And I'm like, what? I don't want to play with her. No, take her with you. And like, no, I don't want to take her. Nobody wants to talk to these young women. Um, Not because they aren't pleasant, but because we we just, we don't have anything to talk to them about. We have our own kids at home. We're out to have a party to talk to like-minded individuals our own age. I do not want to be in some young girl's TikTok. But anyway, so I talked about that. And then um, I just went into some of my material and I felt like the room was very generous and very nice and lots of people were very kind and laughing but also there was a part of the room that was a bit confused um and I just thought oh my god this guy probably has colleagues here like my worst nightmare is to offend someone especially in their home at a private event but also you got to do you like what am I going to do start doing Michael McIntyre's clean material I can't do that I have to talk about the things that I want to talk about I think I well no i I know that I talked about uh, oh, sucking my husband off at my mom's house when we first got back together. And then everyone, there was kind of a noise, like a noise people make when they're very dressed up and you swear. They're just, oh, oh, And I was like, come on, we've all done it. We all have moms. They all have houses. We've all 
sucked off our ex-boyfriends at our mom's houses. We haven't. They haven't. I just, I hope that, you know, I did this birthday girl justice. I had a lovely time. I've met a lot of incredible people. She was, she could not have been more lovely and generous. And I feel like it's such an honor to have been asked. Um, But I really need to find a different muscle. I really need to stretch myself to feel confident doing private gigs if I'm ever going to do them again, because I was a little bit terrified. It was a challenge. It was an opportunity and an honor and a challenge. And it was kind of nice to feel nervous again, because I never do feel that. Uh, So I got a little bit of adrenaline back. I thought, ooh, ooh, oh, this is new. This reminds me of the time I was on Conan O'Brien's show. And I was just starting out and I didn't have any Netflix specials and whoo, gave me a little jolt. That's the jolt that I need when I have a screaming baby Fred. Oh, he's still asleep. Do you know he's, well, I don't even want to call it. He's been asleep for 45 minutes now, guys. 45 minutes. Oh, I mentioned a while ago that I could potentially do a podcast for new parents or even, you know, anyone curious about newborns where I ask our night nanny specific questions about new babies now she specializes in like zero to six months because she was a maternity nurse for 40 years so she has all this experience she and I though we don't see eye to eye every single time we haven't seen her in about a month uh we just haven't needed her I haven't had those overnight jobs and my mom was here for a while and uh, I miss her she's called Carol it will be nice to see her again she's coming on Saturday night because Bobby and I are attending the Pride of Britain Awards but I'm going to invite her Saturday to be a guest on the podcast and answer some of these burning baby questions and if we disagree we disagree I'm very new school she's very old school I always think it's good to hear from a spectrum of viewpoints and ideas and cultural backgrounds and then make your own decisions like whatever works best for your family So if you have any questions for a very experienced maternity nurse, please submit them now, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Don't DM them to my Instagram. I can't really stay organized and collect them that way. I love when you DM me, but for the purposes of this podcast, please email them, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I'll see if I can get her to answer some. We might have a little debate and hopefully streamline your experience as a parent. I'll tell you right away. Carol vehemently disagrees with how I do the bedtime with Fred. I have not sleep trained him. He just sleeps next to me. If he wakes up every two hours to drink milk, then he wakes up every two hours to drink milk and I handle it. Um, he doesn't stay awake, really. He, well, he did last night for about an hour. But usually, he just drinks milk, goes back to sleep. Carol says that if I gave her three nights alone with him, she'd have him sleep trained. And she said, Catherine, you should just give him to me like when you're away because I don't think you can handle it. I think if you and Bobby was here, you would crack. He would, Fred would crack you and you would go pick him up or something. So I don't, I'm going to find out more about what she fucking plans to do to Fred while we are away. It's not happening, by the way. But um, what is this magic sleep training? And is it better for babies? Because yeah, maybe it's tough for three nights. But if they get more quality sleep after that, that's what Carol says, then it's better for them. Um, she's big on routine as well. Fred has a loose routine, but I mean, yeah, let's see if we can nail her down on some things. Make your life easier. Maybe I might even learn a thing or two. But in the meantime, please enjoy these words from our sponsors. And when we come back, I will open the emails. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
Oh, we got some family drama right away. This one is called Dysfunctional Parents at a Wedding? Question mark? Catherine, my parents are divorced and they haven't spoken since. Their divorce was quite dramatic. People say, you have to have the wedding of your dreams and they'll have to behave themselves. But people don't have a clue as to what my situation is really like. My dad continued with his life after the divorce. He got married, he has a beautiful new baby, and he seems to have found his path. My mom, though, is still in pain and can't redo her life. She's a very difficult person. She's always been kind of lost. She ended up joining what I'm pretty sure is some kind of cult. She's taking astrology lessons, spiritual healing sessions, and she even bought herself a crystal ball. As well as leaving my dad, she abandoned the family home and my brother and me because she wanted to, quote, live her life. Four months later, my dad wanted the same thing for himself, and my brother and I were screwed and alone. That's fucking shit, really. I don't care how old you guys were. That is weird. I'm sorry about that. When I asked her if being in my wedding was going to be a problem, she started insulting my dad's family, then me. And after that, she even blamed me for her divorce. She's always made those kind of comments, speaking ill of everyone in the family, both on my father's side and her own, and I was raised in that kind of environment. Every time we meet her, she hurts my feelings and my partner's. I truly think she's a very good person, but I think she's in pain and tries to take everyone who loves her down. I'm sick of it all. I'm 31. I really don't want to have her in my life or my children's if I'm going to start a family. I've tried to look after her all these years, but I can't, and it's not my job. I shouldn't have to be worried about her or feel responsible for her. I want to enjoy life and shine, and I want a happy wedding. Cutting her off is a bold move, and I'm not sure that not inviting my mother to my wedding is going too far, but I don't want her to be there. In fact, I'm not sure I want anyone there but my partner. Marriage is about us too, isn't it? Could we get married in Costa Rica during a honeymoon, or what should I do? Please help. Oh my gosh. Definitely, if you don't want anyone at your wedding, go back to the original sentence that your friends have been telling you. Have the wedding of your dreams. And what did they say? Your parents will have to behave themselves? I mean that. Have the wedding of your dreams. And you don't have to explain to people why they weren't invited, or why you didn't do it their way, or why you didn't do it in this country, or why you didn't do it. You know, it's no one's wedding but yours. And this is why, I mean, it isn't exactly why Bobby and I sort of eloped, had our little civil ceremony alone with one of my very good girlfriends, Caitlin, and her husband, and my daughter, Violet, in attendance. Those those are the only people we had there. And my parents would have kind of been spicy with each other at a wedding, I think. They behaved themselves at my sister's wedding, but I mean, they don't like each other. So I'm in a little bit of the same boat as you. The only difference is... Yeah, like uh, people would have behaved and I don't think either one of my parents is toxic. My mom certainly isn't someone that I want to cut off. Uh, Dealing with the wedding first though, definitely don't invite people that you don't want to invite. If you just want to invite your dad, do it. If you just want to invite some friends and neither parent, do it. If you just want to do it with your partner, go ahead. It is your wedding and I don't even understand why people want to go and spend $15,000 on a wedding when they can just do it alone and have a down payment on some type of house depending on the country 15 grand will get you fuck all here but um yeah so that's the wedding out of the way don't feel guilty about that for a second never complain never explain as for the rest of your life with your mother what first jumped out to me and grabbed me by the soul is when you said my parents are divorced my dad has moved on and he has a beautiful new baby my mom can't get over it Like, I'm so preoccupied by the biological injustice that your dad, I don't know how old he is, 60, 80, 180, he can still go and start a new family and have a baby with someone else. Your mother can't. So, you know, presumably your mother biologically can't. So we invest our lives into these relationships. I don't know what the cause of their divorce was. It doesn't matter. But all of a sudden... The men can always move on in a different and easier way than we can. All of a sudden, if you're a woman and you're divorced, and I know this from, you know, women in my family or my own friends, you have this annoying like, oh, well, I invested all of that on you. And now what I'm middle-aged, society does not value middle-aged women the same way they value middle-aged men. I can't have any more children, so I feel, whether you're right or wrong, I feel like my field of partners to choose from is narrowed. And here you are, like I never existed, having a new family, a new wife, a new baby. Fuck you. Like, I think 
that's how I would feel in the future if Bobby and I split up, which we won't. I wouldn't have married him. And I know you think maybe you will, Catherine. I won't. Um, but I think it would sting a bit if I watched him move on and have like a baby and a new family with someone else and I sort of used my baby making years on him. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry to your mother for that reason. And there there are things that push women into alternative medicine, spiritual healing, this cult that you're talking about. And it's all of this feeling of um, being alone and being discarded or not being listened to. Also, your mother might be approaching menopause and she's not going to be getting the right health care and HRT that she deserves. Like there are all these reasons why um, quote unquote eccentric mad older women start to go mad. There are all these reasons, and they make me mad all the time, like in a, in a Canadian way, cross. They make me cross, and they should be addressed. So let's show a little bit of sympathy to your mother. However, turning against people, using her pain to take others down, like she really needs help, and you're right in saying that you deserve to live your life in love and light and good energy, and I think that you don't have to make announcement that you're cutting her off. You don't need to say, mother, it's finished between us, I'm cutting you off, but you should and can absolutely distance yourself and suggest that she get some help, some therapy, um, because it would be great to say that we look after each other and we have loads of patience for each other, but there comes a point of toxicity when if you know it's hurting you, you do have to remove yourself. Uh, put your own mask on first, as they say. So whether that is an uncle or an aunt or a friend or your own mother, sometimes you just have to go, do you know what? I need a few years to get married and to start my family and to take a break from you because what you're doing is hurting me. I'm choosing to read this email because the term swallow my teeth jumped out at me. And I do not think that this is something that we say, but I love people who make up like their own ways of speaking and just insert those into language. So I'm going to see what this one's about. Uh, the title is my husband's man child friend, Catherine. My husband and his best friend started a company together a few years ago. I've never liked him, but I was able to swallow my teeth and try my best to keep the peace, as I'm always afraid it's my feministness that pushes him over the edge. Oh, the friend doesn't like that you're a feminist, so he's around and you just like act like a smaller version of yourself. Got it. We recently went on holiday together for one week. I get along with this girlfriend, and it was supposed to be just us two until the guys decided they wanted to tag along. They bought tickets at the last minute, and I was prepared to try my best to be the bigger person, but I was not expecting it to play out the way it did. The synopsis of the trip is the following. The trip slowly turned to be completely centered around him. He would have complete tantrums when we couldn't get alcohol. He slept until mid-afternoon every day and would become completely aggravated if we went out to eat without him. He couldn't go to a restaurant unless he picked it, and it was always restaurants where it was between 50 and 100 pounds a person. I was on a budget, and I ran out of money very quickly. Like, can we not go get a cheeky cheap burger every once in a while? When I tried to pick a place, everyone snapped at me because they wanted to keep him happy. The second night, we sat at a bar and he went on a 30-minute tantrum about how we're terrible friends, we hold him back, and we don't understand him. It turned into his girlfriend storming away from the table in tears. He also said things like, well, I'm about to inherit a few million when my husband and I can barely make rent sometimes, and to move to London because he wanted to open this business. I called him dramatic one night. And he stood in the street screaming, fuck you, at me. The last night, he made it very clear that he didn't believe in marriage and decided to completely tear apart our marriage and tried to make my husband criticize me at a table to make a point. I ended up walking away. The trip was so terrible, I couldn't leave the house for four days afterwards because I was in tears and I felt like I'd been through a trauma. Anyway, I don't want to draw a line because my husband is legally connected to him and I'm afraid to lose a part of that in him. He doesn't stand up for me, but he tells me he does when it's just him and this friend behind closed doors. Yeah, right. He doesn't. Our lives have been tangled with each other, and we've always tried to live close together for logistics. Now, I can't say I stand him, but I can't keep my mouth shut any longer, and I've lost complete respect for his girlfriend, because how can she stand by him and say things like, he will change when we have a baby? Oh, God. They're in their mid-30s, and I'm in my late 20s. How am I the only one that sees he's a misogynistic, narcissistic asshole? I have to see him for the rest of my life. 
So how do I go about this when I literally leave seething after being with him for a few hours and I'm completely broken for two weeks to months after that? I just can't get over it. Oh my God, this is hell. First of all, you can't blame the girlfriend because she's not the only one tolerating and normalizing his behavior. You are, and your husband is, your partner, yeah, your husband. And you say like, oh, I'm traumatized, blah, blah, blah. Sure, she probably is too in closed doors, probably cries herself to sleep. Um, but you guys are all enabling him. Like, well, you know, you went to all these fancy restaurants and ran out of money and you're trying to do what's right for your own husband. So you're putting up with him and swallowing your teeth and his girlfriend's doing the same. So you're all in this enabling together. I think if I were you, I would schedule a meeting with your husband and his girlfriend and just be like, And I would never suggest this if you weren't legally connected through the business. And I don't know how your husband can sell his shares or, you know, extricate himself from this partnership. Because if I did know that, that's what I would say. I would say, get out of this business. Whatever this is, is a bad investment. Because if he's like this as a friend, he's going to be like this as a business person. He's going to make bad investments. He's probably going to be in debt. People won't want to work with him because he's an asshole. I don't know what kind of business it is, but if there's any way that your husband should could get out, even you know if he's losing some money getting out, I think it's still losing less than he could lose in the long run, both financially and like in terms of his relationship with you and his own sanity. So get some advice for how to get out of the business. If you can't get out of the business, have a meeting with the people closest to this fucking jerk and be like, all of us are tolerating this. We're enabling him. He's treating us all worse and worse. And we have to tolerate each other somehow. So how can we get it to stop? Or, whoa, I know, sexy decoy. There was a program in Canada and it was a lot like Trisha or Jeremy Kyle Um, All those programs, I guess, have stopped now in the UK, but it was called The Maury Povich Show. And when he wanted to know if a partner was cheating, they would put a sexy decoy into the dressing room. And that was an actress who would flirt with the guest. And the guest was always so stupid that they would be genuinely on a show to get busted for cheating on their girlfriend. But in the dressing room, they would again arrange to cheat on their girlfriend. Like that's how stupid they were. The sexy decoy was a slam dunk every time, always worked. So you need, all right, yes, this is it. You need two sexy decoys. You need one to flirt with him in a public setting and liberate his girlfriend from his toxic ass, message him, you know, some type of entrapment to get him to flirt with her, not actually bang her or anything, but I'm sure there is a legitimate sex worker who you could hire to help you with this unlimited funds. Number two is get a business sexy decoy. Someone And again, I wish you told me what kind of business it was, but I understand why you couldn't. Someone to try to get this man into some like shady dealings, get him to agree to something or go behind your partner's back and make some arrangement that cuts him out of some finances because this is how this guy will behave. And if you can prove it before it actually happens, then maybe this will be what you need to get the people that you love away from him and to get yourself crucially away from him. So rent the film, The Other Woman, starring Nicki Minaj, Cameron Diaz, and Leslie Mann, and that will give you some inspo. And then you just need to outsmart this motherfucker. And I believe that you can do it. This next email comes with a photo of the lady who wrote it, and it is a hot, sexy, spicy photo. She's in a little white mini suit dress, great legs, incredible heels. She's blonde and beautiful. She's in a very upscale bar with her head thrown back, and she's laughing seductively. And there's a pretty good-looking waiter there as well. And she writes, Catherine, I was glowing like a girl who had properly got plowed or my best date ever. So I have to read it. Dear Catherine, I'm a recently turned 60 single woman. I'm not a Golden Girls B. Arthur kind of 60, but rather an outgoing, youthful, sexy woman trying to redefine midlife. See the photo enclosed. 
I'm a super fangirl of yours, and I just finished your audiobook. Brava, girl! As you talk about dating men and finding a boyfriend for Fiona, I want to share with you my best first date story ever, as hopefully it might inspire others. This date didn't end with white picket fences, a golden retriever puppy, and a happily ever after. Hell, there wasn't even a second date. The reason it was my best first date ever was it gave me an important answer to a question I frequently asked myself in the mirror. How the fuck did I get here? And more importantly, who can I blame? <laughs> a couple of years ago, my fiance, a partner of 10 years, broke up with me via text message. Yes, you heard right. A 59-year-old C-suite banker broke up with me over a fucking text message. I was devastated, and I willingly changed my world for this man, including, like yourself, I moved from Toronto to London. Oh, wow. A few of my well-meaning girlfriends, who use the word soulmate ad nauseum, insisted I try online dating. As a woman who came of age in the 80s, I nostalgically pined for the days when copious amounts of alcohol and smoky bars decided my man future. Sigh. Thus, I was not immediately lured into this modern online dating thing. Nope, this was not for me. I thought with middle-aged judgment. But after being thoroughly worn down by these well-meaning friends, I thought, fuck it, and I signed up to Hinge. Immediately, I began to browse the man menu on my iPhone, and not unlike Uber Eats, best not to do so if ravenous. True. True. I always say you don't go shopping hungry or hungover, and you don't go man shopping thirsty. You have to be in a place in your life where you feel happy in your own right, and then have a look. And by the way, back reference to the rich people's birthday party that I did. They were lovely. This man was very wealthy. The woman also was very accomplished, very wealthy, but they met not too long ago on Happen. So this is a good advertisement for the dating app Hinge. There's Match.com. There's Tinder. There's Grindr. There's Happen. Listen, ladies, gentlemen, non-binaries, people are meeting on apps and having like really high quality, great relationships. All right. I won't get into the variety of men that littered my screen, their bathroom selfies, honking fat cigars clasped tightly between their yellowing lips, or the sad sacks euphorically holding up a freshly caught fish from the end of their fingers. That's very Canadian. That is a letter for another time. But I did meet someone. For anonymity purposes, let's call him Nigel. Nigel was an attractive, gentlemanly man who was the head of gynecology at a major London hospital. Hmm, I thought, with equal parts intrigue and horror, a gynecologist. We met at a local pub. Nigel entered. He was not very tall, looking a little older and softer than his profile photos would suggest, naturally. While downloading our condensed life stories to each other, I mentioned I had broken my pelvis in three places a year earlier at Burning Man. Right there, at that moment, the date shifted. It immediately went from hinge date to private medical consult. It was magic. To give you a point of reference, do you remember the scene in Field of Dreams when a young Doc Archibald Moonlight Graham is living out his childhood dream of being a baseball player? But when young Doc Graham sees this girl choking, his medical instinct kicks in and he walks off the baseball field to save her and thus he can never return to that magical baseball diamond in the Iowa cornfield. It was kind of like that. Very specific reference. Delicately, Nigel started talking about menopause, puberty's evil older sister. My description, not his. I like it. Never once directly referring to me or my age. He discussed the magic of hormone replacement therapy, HRT. I was just talking about this in the last email. Telling me, if your pancreas stopped producing insulin, you don't just leave it at that. You start taking insulin. Same as your ovaries and hormones, he continued, further explaining that as we are living longer, our hormones need to be replenished or topped up. Yes. I asked question after question. I was captivated. This was better than sex and a lot less disappointing. Yes. I knew that this gentleman who had seen the insides of thousands of women had crossed over. He had walked off the baseball pitch and into reality never to return. But here's where it got interesting. Nigel rifled off the benefits of HRT. He said with great conviction, it's amazing for the skin, for bone density, mood swings, sleeping, hot flashes, an uptick in libido, and slows down collagen loss. He even added that there were postmenopausal women. Oh, if he were a postmenopausal woman, he would be on it. Of course he would. Are you, wait a minute. Let's put a pin in that. Of course he fucking would. If men went through menopause and all of a sudden just lost estrogen and their ovaries stopped producing it, they would have found a way to replace it years ago. Like we're just learning about HRT now. 
and for like a, the whole rest of history, girls have endometriosis, PCOS, really painful periods, menopause, this and that. And they're just supposed to like take it on the chin. Oh, well, you're just going to miss school at least like twice a month and have to sit out of activities. And now you're an older woman who's going fucking batshit and you don't know why. The medical community is not here for you and they don't care. Like recently only they start to care a bit. I placed my hand on top of Nigel's. I smiled and whispered, stop. You had me at skin. I share this story because women of all ages need to know there are different happy endings. Not all ending with Prince Charming or Mr. Darcy. For me, my happy ending was my text messaging ex moved back to Canada and I remained in London. I got on HRT. (laughs) Fiona girl, enjoy the single ride. Don't settle for anyone less than you deserve. And Catherine, my queen, keep on inspiring and entertaining us. For God's sake, I really thought you were going to fuck this guy. Wait a minute, let me go back through. Um, no. I was looking inside to see if you... Why didn't you fuck Nigel? What the hell's wrong with you? He gave you this new information and you weren't totally head over heels aroused by it? I would have fucked Nigel. But yeah, you don't have to. You can just take the info and remain good friends and that's a beautiful first date. All right, fine. Well, hopefully someone's fucking Nigel. If you want to learn more from this lady, she has a blog that she's uh, plugged here at the end and it's called Abroad in London. I love it. Thank you for writing me. And if you are an older woman or even a younger woman listening to my podcast, don't wait to meet Nigel to find out about HRT. That's another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. If you have a letter you'd like to write to me, you can send it to tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. If you don't yet have my book, The Audacity, or if you do have my book and you enjoyed it, please get it for yourself. Get it for a friend. Christmas is coming up. You can order it from a ton of places. You can get the audiobook. It really means a lot. You get kind of... um. I guess if you like the podcast, it's sort of like an eight-hour podcast that I thought of in advance and wrote down and very thoughtfully produced. So thank you so much for that. If you're coming to see me on tour, then I hope you love it. I can't wait. The tour show always goes from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. A lot of people are asking me, what time do I get the babysitter for? It's always the same, babe. Have you out of there by 10. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating in the conversation. And I will see you next week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com